grief. It can reshape and rearrange how our perspective of the world once was. It's always going to be a part of us, and in a way, it's ever-changing to the way that our lives constantly adapt. In today's episode, I reviewed a film about a father in mourning, and with what was once lost is a new life found. I'm your host, Christian Ong, and that's my cue. Welcome back, cuties, to another episode of That's My Cue, your one-stop podcast to get the latest reviews in all things TV shows, movies, albums, and games. As always, I'm your uncomfortable host, Christian Ong. And you might be wondering why I might be uncomfortable right now. It's because I'm currently standing up as I'm recording. And, you know, let me go ahead and sit. Oh, boy, I gotta stretch my back. Ugh. They don't say... I mean, I guess everyone does tell you that when you do get older, your back starts to get a little more a little more sensitive. Or as Kate and I like to say, it gets a little more sensey. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I had to stand up just because I am not recording in my usual space as I typically do in my home office. And once again, y'all, I'm back back on the road again. Yep, that's right. I'm, I'm cooped up in a hotel. As I'm recording this for you. But, you know, I got to stay consistent for all the listeners that listen to TMQ uh, weekly. And, boy, do I not miss being cooped up in a hotel. I mean, it just feels already kind of weird to enter in with your microphone. Just because everyone, everyone sees the microphone. They don't ask about the microphone. Because they know that if they ask, they're going to have to be subjected to whatever weird ego that that person holding the microphone might be subjecting them to like i i'm not gonna you know prance around and say hey guys i got a podcast you should listen to my podcast also i'm pantywise the dancing clown i just realized midway through that that i sounded like pennywise i had to kind of double down for that impression but i mean so far no one's really came come up to me because i don't really expect them to like i said but um, it's just, it's just always awkward, especially when I'm checking out. I have like a crap load of things with me and you know, the microphone is probably the most standout thing aside from the three bags that I'm hauling on my poor, poor, poor back, man. I really should get a, get that checked out because that's, that's probably not good for the long term. but, um, I mean, it's just, it's, it, it feels weird to not record my home space. Cause I feel like, you know, my, my, uh, my vibe or my energy is a little different, you know? I'm, I'm kind of looking. I mean, I've been to this hotel before. It's nice. It's, you know, as far as Marriott chains go. Also, you know, uh, I love Marriott if, in case if, I, if Marriott becomes a future sponsor. Stay at Marriott. There you go. Marriott Bonvoy. Um, they're not paying me to say that right now. But, I mean... You know, like right now, my microphone isn't even like posted on. It's not even like attached to the table that it typically would be in my home office. Right now, it's like attached to the edge of my computer. And it feels kind of like a weird physics game at this point where I'm trying to have to make sure it doesn't tip over and fall, you know. Uh, but, you know, if you hear a big crash, that's because my laptop and microphone came crashing down because Newton's law, I guess. Um, thou shall make your laptop fall is what it says. But I mean, I 
I hope to be recording back soon. You know, the end of the year is coming up, so I'm hoping to, you know, launch and end the new year just right, man. You know, Christmas is coming around the corner. I'm super excited. Um, also, you know, New Year's is also here, which is also crazy to think we're already at 2023. Where did this year go? You know, I don't know. But in any case, y'all, I got a, a, a good episode for y'all. This is a movie that uh, I was looking forward to when it was coming on my radar, you know. Uh, I, I see that with every movie that I talk about, I know. But let's go ahead and just talk. <laughs> I have no excuse for it. I say that about every movie because I, I just get hyped for all the movies that I'm excited to talk about for this show. In any case, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio which was released on December 9th, 2022. Also, I got to stand up a little bit because the, you know, the pop filter is kind of in my face. I can't really read the review properly. What if I squint and close my left eye? This is uncomfortable, y'all. Anyways, this movie was directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafsson, or is it Gustafsson? Gustafsson. Anyways, this movie stars Ewan McGregor, David Bradley, Gregory Mann, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, and Ron Perlman. When Geppetto, a carpenter who loses his son during the midst of the First World War, he crafts a wooden doll of a young boy in the midst of his sorrow. Given the gift of life by a wood spirit, the puppet, now known as Pinocchio, roams about his new home, finding his way through a myriad of adventures as he learns what it means to live and to be a son. Borrowing heavily from the far darker source material compared to the tale's Disney counterpart, Guillermo del Toro's take on Pinocchio derives its retelling of the classic through the themes of grief and fleeting mortality. Pinocchio may not be as easily accessible to younger uh, children with its far more grim storytelling and occasionally violent imagery, but it also respects the level of intelligence and maturity for a slightly older audience, and that may have a better handle on Del Toro's approach when it comes to those topics. Set within the backdrop of 1930s Italy, the film also touches on the dark realities of war, illustrating the cruel expectations of the country's children set to lay down their lives for the cause. Moreover, the film also cycles through the concept of death and the juxtaposition of how it relates to how one values life, especially when the titular character is pretty much granted near or immortality. Pinocchio boasts stellar stop-motion animation from start to finish, with plenty of dynamic sequences that lay careful attention to detail within the subtleties of different character expressions. The near two-hour runtime never feels as if it's losing its momentum or drags along, keeping a steady pace with its storytelling and with a cast that delivers effectively moving performances, it's just an overall good time. David Bradley and Gregory Mann both portray Geppetto and Pinocchio respectively with fantastic rapport, often bringing plenty of heart to their conversations as they attempt to navigate their newfound familial dynamic. Compared to the Disney original where Geppetto easily took uh, Pinocchio in, this iteration of the character isn't quick to accept Pinocchio as his son, and that relationship often becomes strained and the catalyst for the latter to discover what it means to live. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is ripe with a fresh new perspective on the famous story, delivering impressive animation on top of a score that beautifully encapsulates Pinocchio's innocence also amidst the within the tragedy and darkness of its outer layers. 
It is a version of the character that, when posed under a new context, becomes transformative and impactful by its conclusion. And I'm going to have to give this movie a 9 out of 10. And right now, you can watch this currently on Netflix. I think you definitely should watch it. Netflix uh, might not put out always the most consistent content, but when it puts out bangers like Pinocchio, I definitely think it is one to enjoy. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, y'all. And when we come back, we have some stuff on my currently list. And we also have some listener reviews from listeners like you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Today on our program, we're talking all about Netflix's Pinocchio. And before we dive into some of the listener reviews that y'all sent in, let's go ahead and, you know, maybe take a little bit of a dive, a little bit of a swim as we dip into some things that I'm currently into. First up on my list, we have The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Now, the most recent season with its uh, fourth outing came out earlier this year, and I've honestly, I've, you know, to be honest, a little bit hesitant to finish the show just because I felt like I kind of got bored through season three. Um, I, I finally finished season three not too long ago, and I actually really liked it. I, I you know, after giving it more of a chance, Uh, I feel like the plot threads kind of came together by the end. It was a little messy in how they did it, but I think that the writing is always top-notch for that show, and the performances are always fantastic. Um, It it really feels like you're watching just a a, a play where everyone just doesn't really listen to each other, but it's also kind of funny in the way that that happens, but also when the dramatic moments hit, it really hits. And I think that the fourth season is a little more back to basics in the sense of what I enjoyed from season one. Uh, kind of keeps it everything more grounded and more focused. But at the same time, I feel like Alex Borstein didn't really get much to do in this season. So I'm hoping with the uh, with the fifth and final season that's coming around the corner, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see where they take things and end it from there. But yeah, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it's still a solid uh, show for its four-season run. It, you know, it might be fizzling out with some ideas, but that's okay. Up next on my currently list, you know I'm a big sucker for card games, y'all. And, you know, I, I've been dabbling here and there with some other card games. I, You know, the new One Piece card game uh, from Bandai, which also is the manufacturer for the Digimon card game, as you may know. Also, uh, just released their own card game pretty recently, and I just picked up some starter decks, but, you know, that's not what's on my currently list. You know, I think everyone can really pick this one up if you have an iPhone or uh, an Android phone, and it's Marvel Snap. Marvel Snap is so easy and so fun to play, basically, if you've, you know, if you just need a quick little rundown, basically, each game only takes about, like, three minutes long to complete. And it is super easy. Uh, basically, you have three different zones, and each zone has like a different effect in, in uh, on the cards that you're playing. And the cards themselves have some effects. But essentially, you play six uh, turns uh, within one game. And in each turn, you get an increasingly um, amount of, I guess, like a, a energy, quote-unquote, to play your cards so for example the first turn you can only play one cost cards in um 
on turn two, it increases to two. So now you could play a two cost card or two one cost cards. And each card kind of plays differently and each card has their own uh, power level. The goal of the game is to win uh, two of the three zones with the highest amount on your side. So easy concept, but it also feels kind of dynamic in the way that things can suddenly change at the last minute. And you can also do this uh mode in the game called snapping where it essentially is like poker where you just wager the uh, cubes which is kind of like your uh, experience points for your level that just you know can definitely up the ante when you're playing against an opponent and I just for me I I love card games in general but sometimes especially with Yu-Gi-Oh those games can be like an hour long to complete and I I just feel like I have better things to do with my time when I'm on my phone or especially if I'm just eating lunch and I just need something, you know, quick uh, on the go while I'm just kind of distracting myself. And I just feel like Marvel Snap is the perfect blend of what I like. I like, you know, the way that the animation works for when you play the cards. And I also like that uh, the cards kind of are reflective of the characters themselves. And also, it's just super easy to play. I, I've been saying it to my friends, but, I, you know, if you've never even played something like Digimon, I would say that Marvel Snap, surprisingly, is kind of an easy entryway into those other card games. Because once you play that on your phone, I feel like you can transition into the bigger, more complex uh, card games um, in the physical space. So, yeah, check it out. I, it, it's free. I recommend that you to not spend any money. I, you know, there there definitely is like some perks to maybe buying some, uh, like special variant. Like I bought like, uh, Captain America variant for like five bucks, and it gave you like a little bit of currency as well. But, you know, there there's a lot of enjoyment to also playing the game and a lot of value that you can get just by playing the game itself a lot. And so don't worry about spending money. It's not like one of those like cash grabbing kind of game so uh that's kind of refreshing and nice to see finally on my currently list we you know this was an artist that i had uh, came across on tiktok and uh it was recommended by i forgot what i think his name is like the buzz or something but anyways he recommended sarah Crean's 2am on spotify and it is a really nice like little song to kind of just um I guess encapsulate this, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say unrequited love, but, you know, it's kind of just this romantic attention between uh, two people, twenching. <laughs> That's a funny way to say that word. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of depicts this romantic tension between these two people that just won't really admit that they really like each other, even though they do. But it's just beautifully written, and I think that the melody is just so catchy. It's a nice a little uh, indie pop tune, so... Uh, check that one out on Spotify. I think it's been kind of on my rotation as I've been making my commutes, uh, especially with this trip in particular, which took about like two hours to drive from home to here. So, uh, yeah, super nice. And let's go ahead and uh, get into some listener reviews. Uh, this week we have two listener reviews, and I want to thank Max and Noel for sending them in. Y'all, if you want to send in any reviews for me uh, for uh, the topics that I'll be talking about, um, I, usually I always announce the next episode at the end of this episode, and then um, you can also 
take the time to check the project after the week and send me your thoughts on uh, you know Instagram and Twitter and I'll get all into that later on. But uh, send me those thoughts uh, before I record, which is typically on Wednesday, and then you know your review can also be included in a future episode. So our first review comes from Max, who wrote, "I'll never show it to my kid until they're a teenager, but this is one for the animation history books. Amazing aesthetics, both in visual and sonic. Great take on the fable, and great in its approach on how military, religion, and the arts uh, industry often coalesce to um, leave a lasting impression on the youth in exploitative ways that repress them until they break. It also shows how." Through hardship, we find our true feelings for those that we love and solidify what our familial bonds are. Even if uh, each member came from different places or dispositions or at least wasn't one uh, that they thought they were or what they wanted to be, those bonds last longer than life itself and they hold stronger than what any oppressive force can throw at you. Max, I think this is definitely well said and I think that I am a sucker personally for any movie or any story that is about found found family because I think it really is indicative of the way that we connect socially with one another, right? Like, I mean, of course, we're always going to have our family and sometimes, you know, not everyone has the best relationship with their own, you know, like biological family. But at the same time, the family that we create through the people that we surround ourselves with, that's also really special as well. And I think that Pinocchio really uh, does encapsulate that story very well in the way that I don't think, at least going off memory from what the Disney version did. So, uh, and also, I've heard a lot of bad things about the remake, so I'm not going to watch that. (laughs) Sorry, Tom Hanks. I know. I know. I'm a big Tom Hanks fan, but no. I'm, this one I'm going to skip out on. But uh, yeah, I think that it is uh, definitely not the... Uh, so, you know, I wanted to give this movie a 10, but at the same time, while the animation is good, it's also not completely groundbreaking. I, I've been a big fan of uh, Leica Studios's, um, you know, previous works, and I just feel like, you know, it's on par for sure with those studios. Uh, I mean, with, uh, with Leica, but at the same time, it's not something that... Um, is just like super astonishing in the sense that I haven't seen something similar to of that nature before. But I gotta say that it, you know, that's not to knock it down in any way. Don't get me wrong. I, I agree with Max that visually it is so beautifully um, uh, well executed, especially it, like as expected with uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's uh, previous works like Pan Labyrinth, Pan's, man, I can't talk today, Pan's Labyrinth or Hellboy, where a lot of the creature designs are very eerie but also kind of beautiful to look at. When you see the wood sprite or, uh, you know, um, Death Incarnate and all those other characters within this movie, it, it, they're just all really well done. And I, I feel like it is so much within... Uh, del Toro style that you just can't help but really appreciate it and so that's really good and our final review for today comes from Noel who wrote I really enjoyed it the stop motion was topped here del Toro's take on the original story elevated it and gave it more heart 
I love that he really delved into how Pinocchio was made from Geppetto's grief and anger, thus having him behave horribly, but then coming to understand and learn from his mistakes. It was refreshing to see more darker tones of this adaptation, but then I'm an, added, I, I'm an avid Guillermo del Toro a fan through and through. And yeah, I, I was really, you know, uh, surprised and happy that uh, we see this like parallel arc between Pinocchio and Geppetto kind of overcoming, you know, the flaws of uh, their uh, approaches to life. And in in that way that they uh, find themselves once again, they're, they're able to reconnect and see each other where they're at and love each other where they're at. And I think it's a very beautiful way to kind of understand the other person, right? And I, I, I think that is uh, something that is more apparent in this version that I don't think any other, like, you know, I, I know I keep mentioning the Disney version, but there's so many, there's like, I think 20 other adaptations of Pinocchio that exist on, you know, uh, in like visual media that feels like it kind of just treads on the same themes, but I feel like Del Toro's approach is a little more uh, nuanced in the way that, you know, it, it, it handles it a little more delicately and a little more uh, with, I guess, care, you know, uh, rather than just phoning it in and just telling another Pinocchio story. But, yeah, I really think that this is a, a movie that a lot of uh, older fans of the uh, iconic, you know, story would really come to appreciate. So I, I think, you know, if you're not really into animated movies in general, or maybe you feel like you've just kind of seen the story once before, I think this is something that you might want to check out. So yeah, let me know what your thoughts are. Maybe you saw Pinocchio and you're like, you know, I don't know what Christian and everyone else sees because I didn't enjoy it. I definitely want to hear those kind of thoughts and, and you know, see uh, what your take on it was, because I, I, I think it's uh, these movies are always fun. And I, I'd like to think that TMQ in a way is sort of like a bit of a movie book club or a TV show and movies, albums and games, you know, the whole spiel. But feel free to share your thoughts with me either on this uh, show in general or maybe Pinocchio. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at That's My Q Podcast or on Twitter at Q Podcast. And once again, Q is spelled Q U E U E. And you can also email the show at That's My Q Podcast at gmail.com. All three are great platforms in which you can, you know, suggest on what I should review next. Maybe there was something that I covered like many weeks ago and you're just joining the show now. Feel free to, you know, uh, let me know what you thought about a specific title that I covered in the past because I'd be also happy to read those. Um, you know, uh, reviews on a future episode, as I had mentioned before. Speaking of which, be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and also give a nice five-star rating on Spotify. All of this really does help boost attention for the show as well as maybe sharing the episode with a friend who might be, you know, uh, uh, a big stop-motion, anim- uh, you know, uh, animation kind of fan. You know, you may- maybe they're constantly just like taking photos of i don't know just this weird clay gumby doll that they're just moving every frame and they're making their own gumby fan fiction 
Does anyone remember Gumby? Is that just me? Because I feel like, I don't know. Is it, Are the millennials really like the last generation that remembers Gumby? Gen, Gen Z, write in and let me know if you remember Gumby. Anyways, I'm losing the plot of what I'm trying to say. Share the episode and, of course, the support of you even listening to this show is greatly appreciated. Uh, I, I gotta thank J1K for the use of their music, Captured Soul, from the School Days Beat Tape, which you can find on j1kmusic.bandcamp.com. Next week's episode, speaking of music, been diving into a lot of new music this year, but I feel like we're ending off on what could be one of the strongest albums of the year. Next week, I'm going to be covering SZA's newest album, SOS. That's a lot of acronyms or a lot of letters. But as always, I got to leave you off with a quote. And this quote comes from none other than the wood sprite in Pinocchio, who says, and I'll, I'll try to do this as mystical as possible. May you rise with the sun and wander the earth. Be his son. Fill his days with light so he'll never be alone. Once again, I've been your host, Christian Ong, and that's my cue.